right. So, hey, blended family people, I have an amazing show going on today. I have my actual business coach. He's been a friend as well. Um, wow, Howard, I believe it's going on about four years, maybe five. Um, yeah, Mason, almost, yeah, a little over four because uh, we're down yeah, here in the DMT. Yeah, major is seven now. So I'll, I want to say going on seven years, Howard White, we're going to be talking about real dads, real leaders. It's going down, giving you a little background. If this is your first time to the show, my name is Marcus Holmes. I am the blended family guy. This is the blended family playbook. And where we are trying to take you is from just surviving to overwhelmingly thriving. We talk about blended family issues from the traditional sense where, you know, in terms of marriage, we also talk about how to blend your career, your life, your relationships, and understanding that you don't have to leverage one against the other in order to be successful. So I'm interviewing entrepreneurs with the slant of how are you blending? Because here's the thing. Don't tell me you have a successful career. Don't tell me you have um, you're climbing the corporate ladder, but you're leaving your family behind. Your marriage is on the rocks. Your children are disparate. They, they're not connected to you. So where I'm going is I want to interview entrepreneurs. I want to interview business owners. I want to interview relationship experts that are helping us as a community to thrive. Right. Because society will tell you, let's leave the family in the background. Let's grind it out. Let's wake up in the middle of the night. Let's work 18 hours. But you're forgetting the people that are most important to you, because at the end of the day, they're going to be the ones that are helping you through the struggle. Right. So my point is, is that this is a great show. Here's what I need you to do. Anybody that's watching this, I want to make sure that you are liking, that you're sharing, that you're caring. Sharing is caring. <laughs> you guys got to do this, right? I want to make sure you understand. Sharing is caring. Share this broadcast with your community. I know somebody needs to be hearing this as sometimes you just need to know that you know what, there's other people out there. I know it seems like the, the statistics show that fatherhood, people being real fathers is on the decline. It's almost an epidemic. But I'm going to tell you that there's still some good fathers out there. I have one. Howard has a book where he's interviewed people like myself and given their story. So we're about to dive right in. We're about to dive right in. And here's another treat, y'all. Y'all get to hear me and Howard twice because I'm going to be on his show at 8 p.m. Central. So this is going to be some yeah. good stuff. Good stuff. So without further ado, without further ado. I'm going to introduce my man, Howard White, the man who can give you, what is it, Howard? 15,000 in 15 minutes. What is it, Howard? Tell, tell Not the quite audience. that fast. Uh, 15K and 45. Uh, 15 25. And guys, I'm telling you, he's serious about that. If you sit with this gentleman um, for that 45 minutes, Howard can help you figure out a way to make $15,000 in your business. This is why, again, he is my coach. Um, he helps me out with um, my wife's business. Um, really a great guy. But I'm telling you, the only reason he's on this broadcast is because he's also a great father. We talk about that all the time. So um, without further ado, guys, I just want you to uh, want to introduce Howard White. So, Howard, give us a little background. How how did you come to this? Just tell us about you, yourself, your family. Just give us a little bit um, about you, the man. Yeah, so uh, thanks, Marcus. Um, thanks, first of all, for um, having this platform. Uh, it's needed, it's much needed. Uh, just through some of the conversations on Real Dad, Real Leaders, you know, we saw a lot of this, um, the need for it even more so, simply because um, as men, we don't share enough about the bad stuff. We brag on the good stuff, but we don't share the backstories, the pain, the hurt, um, when things are not going great. And so through this here, what I tried to capture, and we've done a great job at it, is is literally, you know, and you you're, you're featured as one of the authors, you know, just ask you one story, you know, what what is one lesson that you use today, and with that one lesson, share the story that taught you the lesson. 
see, you know, that, that's it. And I think more is taught than caught. And so that is the main reason to have a book like this. And then yes, after that, we actually have gone in and, and taken uh, what we call growth thoughts. I put my gift to work then and said, okay, how can you implement this story? Because, hey, it's great to have an idea and information, but if you don't implement it, what good is it? And so that is, that's the premises of the book. Uh, I'm a father um, of one, that's, you know, one natural son, one natural born son, that is it. Uh, <laughs> that's my story, I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah, I laugh because my wife is here in the hotel room with me. Yeah, we're out of town right now. <laughs> she looked at me funny. Said, <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> 19 years old. <laughs> nah. But, um, but throughout life, uh, you know, if you're active, if you're doing things, uh, you have the opportunity to be uh, what I call a life father to many people. Um, my dad, one of my role models, you know, I got, I grew up in a small town and literally there were a couple times I would come home in the semester and there were people staying at our house. And I'm like, what's going on? Well, such and such in the community was going through this or that and their kids, their sons needed somewhere to stay. And, you know, I had a younger brother, so it was perfect. And you know, uh, I mean, I remember twice that happened. And literally, when I go back now, some of my dad's, um, I call them life sons, some of my life brothers. And, you know, we, we refer to it as that. And, but that is. Oh, shit. Peace as we move forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, so, so, Howard, this is going to be. Um, I think a groundbreaking story for me. Oh, and, and look, here, here we go. We got Miss Hodge. I see the picture with her father. Um, Saria, make sure you tell your dad, an amazing man, um, that we said hello, me and Howard. Um, as a matter of fact, guys, if you don't know, Taria, uh, she manages my social media. I believe she also manages Howard. And how I found out about Taria was through Howard. Taria does an amazing job, her and her team, of um, helping me. All this good stuff that you see is because her team, her and her team are doing it um, behind the scenes for me. So, um, Taria, glad you're here. Um, I'll let you go and do your shout out to Taria because, she, again, she, she's doing double duty today for both of us. Yeah, tell her definitely. Um, tell you, Pops, uh, happy uh, Father's Day, Taria, and uh, hopefully uh, things are well back down in the Virgin Islands. I know he's running through the sand and um, uh, inside joke. Taria, tell Charlie I said hello. That's Jerusalem. That's always outside the house uh, <laughs> morning calls. But um, no, just uh, tell him uh, have fun. I'm glad he's back home this soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I am. I am so extremely excited. Let's let's get going. Oh, and, and here's my man, the man who makes it happen. My dad, he said, this is a great subject. That's that's Mr. Holmes. That's the man we celebrated today. I was able to see my dad uh, early earlier, uh, Howard. They just came from a cruise. Um, I believe my brother, his wife, their two kids, my sister-in-law, uh, my brother's mm -hmm. wife and her parents, um, they went on a, a seven-day cruise and they just got back on their way from Galveston to Houston, they were able to eat dinner with us. So I was able to see, you know, my entire family. It was a great time. And I'll just tell you, I'm learning more and more, Howard, to cherish the time, to just cherish the time, man. So uh, that two hours was good enough for me, but I'm just learning. I want to make sure that I see my parents as often as possible. Yeah, I mean, it only takes a moment to, to do that, but you got to make times for the moment. The moments and uh that's you know that's just that and that's yeah, what you guys did oh so so taria said he is right here watching us both both my dad and my mom are super proud of the impact you both are making will you tell them that's uh that's uh that that makes my day it makes my day please tell mom and dad we said hello Oh, and Teresa said, and Howard, Charlie has been quiet lately. So, uh, this is, <laughs> all right. So this is good. All right. So Howard, man, let's get right to it. First question. I know the answer because I remember when you brought this um, to me. Yeah. But let's talk about real dads, real leaders. You, you're a John Maxwell certified coach. You're certified in a few other 
disciplines. You have your own coaching program. But tell mm -hmm. us about the genesis of Real Dads, Real Leaders. Well, you know, it goes back to what I said earlier, Marcus, is that, um, you know, I, I can remember it was, I think it was 2013, uh, we were riding up to um, Jackson, Mississippi, uh, my wife and I, and we were exploring um, something with her book, um, basically looking for stories and couldn't find anything with stories for men. You know, I said, okay, hey, look, see if you can find books put together by men and or about men. And there was nothing there. And so as I started thinking about it, I said, hey, you know, we need to share this. And so as you think about it, you know, we are leaders. Every dad is a leader. And, um, you know, I have this phrase I call live life and leadership is vital and essential. Leadership is for everyone, um, but more so for dads as we, you know, train our child, our children uh, is critical. But at the same time, there's no playbook. Never will be a playbook, but you can always look back and learn from others, um, other dads' missteps, other dads' successes. And so that's what we really tried to capture with this. And that's what we wanted just to really become a community where dads learn from each other to be better dads. And uh, now, Howard, you're a two time. You're, this is, I think, your second book. Right. And I mean, the first one is monumental. I know that you're an entrepreneur. You have your own business. Um, you're doing quite a bit. How do you handle it all? How do you do it? Um, you know, that's a good question. You know, this is um, book number four. It's available on Kindle right now. We didn't quite get the printed copy out, so we're um, driving to have that out this week and where people can um, drive forward. Hey, J uh, Eric James Anderson, thanks a lot, man. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, I think people talk about work-life balance. There's no such thing. Uh, I call it work-life harmony because uh, there'll be times where you're going to be working all the time and but then you've got to make time for the other things that are important in your in your life and and make sure that you drive through that um, to the things that are important with you. And, you know, um, a lot of times when you're sitting down with someone coaching from a personal standpoint, a lot of times we talk about that as a uh, real, um, you know, that will of life. But looking at the areas and going back to what's your why, why do you do what you do and who do you do it for? And then making sure that you carve that time out. Um, and it, it may not be in a traditional sense, but it has to work for you and them. And that's the key thing. It has to work for you and them. You know, I was coming down on here and, and you know, I don't know the guy, but I just was talking to a guy in the airport and, you know, he was working offshore and living in Indiana. And so literally he was doing um, 31 on, I mean, uh, was it 28 on and 14 off? You know, so he had to make it work somehow. I mean, that's totally non-traditional. And so, you know, you have to look at yourself and say, hey, what it is, but you can garner ideas and thoughts from other men, uh, other families and say, hey, you know, I can try this and maybe this can work for us. And that is, you know, that is what we hope, uh, you know, others will learn from. Man, you, you know, I'm going to tell you, um, <clears throat> I, I, this is a nugget that you you had to share with me, Howard. And that is there is no such thing as work-life balance because me, when I was coming to you and wanted the coaching around the blended family, and I wanted to make sure I developed a, a valuable platform for people to understand that you can do both. And and I mean, look at me, right? I I I want to make sure my my wife feels that I'm connected to her, my son, you know, my kids, my daughter, even though she's two thousand miles away. I'm giving my all to work. But I'm also this is what I'm passionate about. And I was always preaching work life balance. And you had to correct me. And guys, I'm just letting you know, a good coach, a good accountability partner, when they see that you're going wrong in love, they're going to correct you. But he said, Marcus, there's no such thing as balance. There's only 24 hours in a day. You still need about seven to eight hours of sleep. And he said, Marcus, you got to strive for harmony. So, guys, I want you to make sure that's a nugget you got to understand. No such thing as work life balance. Strive for harmony. I love Pastor Anderson said something. And so, Howard, this is uh, Pastor Eric Anderson. I attend his church, longtime friend of about 17, uh, going on 18 years. He said something that I also like, or work-life rhythm. Yeah, I mean, you have to create that rhythm, you know, and uh, Pastor Eric uh, James uh, Anderson, you know, as, as we talk about that, you know, I think that's a key part. You think about the orchestra and, and Crystal plays music. Um, the loud instrument has to play in harmony Otherwise, it doesn't sound well. 
and then you have to have rhythm. So it's a combination of both. You know, you can't be too loud. Uh, and I like the way you do that, um, uh, uh, Pastor Anderson. So, you know, you have to have both, you know, that rhythm and the harmony. And it's, it's a combination of, because that volume, if you're overempowering, um, you can be in rhythm, but you don't make sweet music. Or you can be in rhythm and someone is too loud at the wrong time. Uh, in the orchestra, and that's the same way it is in life, you don't make sweet music. And so that is, um, to me, one of the things that you have to look at. And I love that um, a work-life rhythm. And so it's, you know, it's hard to be balanced. I mean, if you try to, if you're listening, you know, just stand up on one foot and uh, and and reach out and you'll see yourself moving. You're never really in balance. You're, you're trying to stabilize yourself, but you're never really balanced because everything is never equal. And so uh, oh, that's a great point. That's a that's a great point. This is some good stuff. Guys, I'm just letting you know, hey, I see you, Miranda. Uh, that's a good friend from, wow, I believe Miranda might still be in Alamogordo, but I'm seeing um, the friends. I see my buddy, Ricardo Hicks. Um, we went to North Carolina A&T together. This is some really good stuff. So uh, can you give everybody the format for the book now? So, now, so, so yeah, let's, let's do that because you haven't even seen your own story. You know, one of the things about it is a lot of authors gave me a lot of trust, a lot of um, leeway. I mean, I've had some, you know, had stories of guys that have never met their dads. I mean, well, I'll say this, maybe met their dad once or twice in their whole life. And they talked about that openly and how they got over it and how they've used that. Um, you know, so it's just a whole, whole gamut of stories. You know, um, Marcus is about, um, you know, be the model you want to see. So we literally talk about the one lesson, you know, it's one lesson per author. Uh, the one lesson my father taught me is to never let work get in the way of spending time with the people you love. He always showed support for me, my brother, uh, my nephew, who had lived with us since we was a toddler. And so he goes on to talk about that. And so as we pull that out and, you know, Marcus shares that fully, and then at the end, we actually do what we call growth thoughts. So how do you implement that principle into your life? You know, what model, uh, what modelable traits, quote, are demonstrated on a daily basis? You know, what are you demonstrating on a, 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 a good basis? And what lessons do the traits demonstrate? You know, so I want you to list three of them. So you really work through this for yourself and, and grow through that one story. You know, what traits do I want to change? And then what traits do I want to add to replace those? And so just simply going through that process, if you're willing to work through it, you know, that's just a, um, I guess you can call it the Cliff Notes version of Marcus story there that he shared with us. But um, so we've done that with uh, numerous categories, as well as, um, you know, my mom actually wrote, actually, a, Gave her two stories. Had to give mom two stories. But it was things I didn't even know about my um, grandfather, who I didn't have a chance to really meet because he was born when I was a toddler. But just imagine learning why your mom's such a good baker. You know, it was the love of her grandfather that um, when she was eight years old and baked her first cake. And mm. my grandmother stopped baking cakes. <laughs> but now, you know, throughout my life, that's what my mom was. And just, but the support you know, from that dad and just um, talk about that. How do you, you know, and in growth thoughts, what are those talents and that your kids have that you can support unconditionally to help them grow in it? And so it causes you to think, but learn through stories. You know, Howard, it appears that as you go through leadership, right? And I mean, we both are uh, John Maxwell certified, um, you do leadership coaching, consulting um, from a uh, from a corporate standpoint, from an individual standpoint. As you grow in leadership, your view, your perspective, it gets more and more um, filtered through the lens of leadership. Um, what do you say to the mother, the father, that son, that daughter who didn't have a father in their life? And this is Father's Day. What do you tell them? Um, how do you encourage them? What do you what do you say can fill that gap? Because no matter what people say, people will fill a void. Look at the body. When you have a tooth that's missing, 
those other two, those other teeth in your mouth will try to fill that void, right? So how do you, what do you say for them to fill the void correctly? And what does this book help to, to help in managing well, that? You know, I think of two people in particular that wrote the stories just to that point. One was a um, gentleman out of, um, grew up in Alabama, but he's in Carolinas now. You know, I'd never met him other than through the book project. Didn't know him before, but uh, he talked about twice he met his father once was um, for a few minutes at a post office, you know, even though they live right in a similar town. And then the last time was uh, on his uh, father's dying bed because his mom asked him to forgive his father. But what he learned was that between throughout life, he embraced what I call the life coaches, the, the I mean, the life dads, the uh, football coaches, the um, that were you know willing to be in his life, the other mentors, the uh, Sunday school teachers that were willing to pour into him outside of that first primary role. And I think that is you know one of the key pieces. You know, and he, and he stayed the point. He couldn't he couldn't fill the void, but he could um, could definitely grow. You know, I'm getting a call from one of my life sons actually. Uh, a guy named Charles Dots. <laughs> you know, I say that because, um, you know, I have a retail store and I have a lot of students that have worked for me over the past, uh, you know, 15, 17 years in the store. And he's one of them. And, you know, so they become like, um, you know, sucks. You know, I may not talk to him, you know, as much as I would talk to my son, but, you know, you've made an impact on him during a time and you added a little bit to him. And that's what we hope this book does. It's just add a little bit to your life. You know, just think about it. If each week, each month, you can learn one or two things that will help you move your needle forward, help you realize and have that work-life rhythm and harmony. You know, what difference will it make for your family? Absolutely. Oof, that's some good stuff. So I guys, I gotta make sure I'll get in trouble from Taria if I don't do this. I need you to share this broadcast. I got to say it early and often because I believe this is valuable. There's something already, the, the nuggets that Howard is already dropping are, are very key. Um, I love the, you know, striking a, it's not just balance. So I just, I, I got something new just, just, just now within the last 20 minutes, it's not even just about balance, it's rhythm. It, it's, it's so replace music rhythm and balance music all right in your life oh i rhythm love it you gotta have that harmony man harmony harmony not balance uh yeah you know they're, I'm they're sorry. not in balance jesus oh my goodness rhythm and harmony so r and h all right it used to be r and b i need you to have r and h it's rhythm and harmony thank you thank you for correcting me so yeah, this is some... the rhythm and the rhythm and the blues and uh you know it's always uh it's in harmony. <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there we go. There we go. You know what, Howard? I want to know, can you real quick, because if if people want a a gander and they want to look at the book, where can they go to get it? And can you explain um the you know, is there is there a workbook? Is it just the book? Where are you trying to take yeah, this? Things. So a couple things going on. Yeah, we um, great question, Marcus. Uh, as we look at it, we um, like I said, it's live on Kindle now, so you can start reading it tonight and sharing it and reading it tonight. And then secondly, um, the hardback book will be out and available uh, for those that join the group um, uh, this week. We are actually uh, have an additional bonus book. So if you join the group, uh, we'll give you that uh, just for joining the group. Not even just buying the book, but um, and with those are um, 31 reflections um, that embody some of the principles. They're not stories, they're actually reflections that you can use uh, for a month to help you uh, center yourself and have that um, work-life you know, harmony, that rhythm and har harmony. Uh, so you can do that. And then um, by Wednesday, we will uh, have everything available to start ordering the live books this week. So. Um, you can actually, um, so by joining the group, we'll post that and keep you updated on it. Excellent. And literally, literally, you'll be able to um, get hard copies of the book uh, by next week and have it in your hands and ready to go and grow. Excellent, excellent. Howard, we're on an, we're at an epidemic stage, um, as what some people say, and this isn't a, um, a 
this isn't a particular ethnicity challenge. This is a position challenge, right? Fathers in the home. Um, when you look at some of the statistics, it states that on average now, about 30, depending on the study, who's doing it, um, 30 to 40% of children now are growing up without a father um, that's impacting them. So how do you manage that, Howard? What is your what is your statement to that mother who is raising her son and she's trying to figure it out? And I know we have the accountability partners, we have plugging into a church, plugging into a mentorship program. Um, what do you think this book can, again, help them do? What would your advice be to them? Well, you know, I think it helps see it from, um, you know, just literally I was uh, one of the stories of call it, um, does it pass the sniff test? And it was a story um, uh, one of my cohorts shared about, um, what was it, hard head and, um, was it? hard head and guts. You know, so if all three are not in a line, then, hey, forget it. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's hard for us guys. And when I say us guys, um, we don't, um, we really don't have that feeling sometimes, you know, that intuition as much. So, you know, hey, if all three are not in a line, maybe we need to not do that. Uh, but when it comes back to it, uh, you mentioned a couple key things is being willing to allow others to pour into it. Uh, into the child, into the child's life. Um, you know, right now I'm down in uh, South Florida, uh, wrapping up uh, from a conference, 100 Black Men, and you know that's what we're about. Uh, the motto is what they see is what our, our motto is what they see is what they'll be. And so, I mean, one of the most amazing days of the show was yesterday, um, Saturday morning. Uh, the youth that had come in on a Wednesday night, Thursday morning, literally put on a two and a half hour show. And, and when I tell you, it'll, <laughs> it'll blow you out the water, but you have to believe there was some mentoring going on and there were men pouring into their lives back home. You know, I know in our chapter, we, um, some of the things that we do with our youth, it helps them to get over that stage fear. It helps them to know to look a person in the eye, know that, hey, mm -hmm. if we start at nine o'clock, that means you need to be here at 845. Um, you know, it, it knows that I can disagree with you without having to, you know, raise my hands um, to settle that. And so little things like that add value as part of that journey that, um, you know, you get from your, your life dads uh, is what I call, uh, you know, those uh, mentors. And then another side of that is I challenge any man out there to find a place they can plug in because you learn a lot. You know, you learn a lot and, um, you know, just, uh, you know, just amazing, you know, and funny stories. I, um, so I was here, I was doing some interviewing and, you know, just just two young men that stick out to me, two guys from the UK. I mean, I just love those on Jaden and uh, gosh, I can't think of the other guy's name. But, you know, when I saw him on stage Saturday, I interviewed him on Wednesday evening, Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon. But I saw him on Saturday. I'm like, gosh, <laughs> you know, these guys, they're so full of life. And. And um, but, you know, they're moving forward. And one of them said is you know, he has a job in a restaurant because, you know, he was taught the importance of looking someone in the eye and and smiling when you talk to him. So he's a waiter now at 16 or 17. Um, and so just little things like that, that over time accumulates. You know, we didn't learn everything overnight you know, as men. All the times we want to think that we all, we know it all. First of all, that's wrong, too, is. We didn't learn it overnight. You know, we got a lot of bruises and um, steps that other people never see. And so that is, um, that's one of the things that we have to be open about. And that's what we try to help capture and let others see that and, you know, see those missteps. You know, it's, um, I think, you know, Howard, I, I look at, um, you know, my life and I didn't find this out until I believe it was, um, Actually, I happened to have my dad on the show back in December, it was right around Christmas time. And he happened to be here. We were celebrating Christmas here and um, had him on the show, put him on the spot. And uh, he thankfully joined. And he said something that I didn't know in the 
at that time, the 42 years that I had been living, I didn't know that my dad, when I was, uh, I think he said I was, you know, I was probably, I was an adolescent, you know, maybe uh, early teen years. He was uh, on at summer camp, you know, TDY um, in the army. He was a command sergeant major and um, I had called him one time. I was having some trouble with uh, basketball and he said I had called him crying. So I must have done, I just have probably had a terrible game, but he was gone. And he said at that point is when he knew that it was time for him to retire. Um, he was ready to make the shift from, um, you know, serving his country. And he was still always going to be serving his country because, I mean, you, you know, he was, you know, you're on call. But right. he said, oh, now's the time I need to be staying home more often. And I look, Howard, you know, let's just say 30 years later, and it's a wonder why I'm such a big advocate of the harmony, of the rhythm, and why I preach it to families and why I've turned down jobs. And Howard, you know this, I've turned down jobs that were taking me away from my family. So it, it's so important and it's so key that you had that you set the tone. My dad set the tone and 30 years later, look at it, look at the effects because I don't play when it comes to my family and my wife knows that I'm constantly saying, we need to adjust this. We, we're not spending enough time together. So, you know, Howard, I, I, I think this Real Dad, Real Leaders, the book, it needs to be, it needs to be in the prison system. It needs to be where dads are reading it with their sons. I think moms need to be reading it with their sons if the father's absent. But this, I think, is a compelling book because I've never seen it from this perspective. So um, all those out there, I'm going to put this on here again. I believe, Colette said you can get your signed copy. Go ahead and get that um, that little uh, uh, bit.ly URL. It's right there at the bottom. Um, Howard, you can find him on Facebook. You can find his uh, Howard one more time for people that want to join this group and just stay active and get updates. Where where can they go? Yeah, so the book is called Real Dad, Real Leaders. So Real Dad, Real Leaders uh, is the actual Facebook and um, the group. So they can join there. And uh, also, as she said, um, she did post the um, bit.ly link. Um, the team posted the bit.ly link. At, on the page and so that is um as we get those books and we will be signing those books and actually mailing them out to you um this time next week uh, for that and so that is um with the live book i mean the uh, hard copies and then you can also go to the amazon um, page that you posted mark uh, marcus and people can get that tonight so they can start reading the book tonight uh, via uh, kindle Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much, Howard. Um, so, Howard, all right. Give us a, some of the more compelling stories. Um, take us on the journey of reading this book. Give people a glimpse into it. What was one of the more compelling stories um, in the book that people, you know, just to give them a little little teaser, um, one of the more compelling stories? Uh, can you share one of those yeah, you know, as, as I had to go back through it and recapture everything, it, I say compelling. They're all unique in different ways. And it, it really taught, you know, showed me things like one guy <laughs> um, shared with me. Uh, and the story is called uh, No Potty Mouse. Um, but it was his dad never would curse around them. But as he got grown, he realized his dad cursed a lot. But he never cursed around his kids. And, um, you know, it was just that, you know, modeling what you want them to be. And, uh, you know, this guy, I know him well. He doesn't curse. But, it, you know, and so we, you know, pull from that um, the story of the, the men never meeting their dads. Um, you know, uh, uh, insurance agent in, uh, up in Texas, in Dallas area, Fort Worth area, uh, a guy named Vince Adams. You know, he was sharing, um, you know, he's a divorce. Um, was raising a son and son, star athlete, great grades, and came down with a neurological disease. Uh, summer of his eighth grade or ninth grade year and uh, got to the point where they didn't even know if he was going to graduate from high school. 
So you go from this being on top of the world and, and go to dealing with a situation like this here as a business owner, uh, a dad, and you know, just like, as he said, many nights he didn't know what to do other than pray. But really driving through that and being open and transparent about that. And so, you know, stories like that help men that may be in that situation as a dad. And, you know, that is the, you know, that is the, the mission of it. You know, so if a dad picks it up, going through a similar situation and say, wow, okay, other folks are going through what I'm going through. Oh man, I can, I can make through this. Or even may even reach out to him. And as we grow the community, that's where we want the community to be. So when we, you know, fast forward two months, three months from now, a call like this inside of our group, like we we're doing tonight, maybe three or four dads just having a discussion around one topic. You know, I was sharing, I was talking to the chief of police, saw him um, with his sons out at a festival event. You know, just hanging out and and uh, you know talking about you know kid was talking about he'd beat his dad playing basketball and and but so you know I told him I said hey you know, I want I want to get you on in August or September and talk about you know talk about that being a dad and a police officer and but you know things that we can do to help our our young men. Um, when it comes to law enforcement and, you know, around that. So just different topics, being able to take that and have a platform where men, where real men can have real talk and grow into the leaders that they um, are destined to be. You know, so, so Howard, uh, and, and I, I love that um, because, you know, for years, um, when we were growing up, you know, I know mom and dad argued. However, we never saw that. And um, I mean, they would have, you know, I mean, in front of us a little, you know, it'd be a little, a, not even a back and forth. But I know that they probably had knocked down, drag out arguments. But me and Leland and Timmy never saw that. Now, when we got a little older and I, I think, you know, we were married, we might we still would never really see that. I appreciate it because, again, um, it was a it was a healthy respect for us as children that there were certain things we could not comprehend or conceive. And this leads me to my next my next point that we want to talk about. Right. Here, here's some interesting statistics. It says. Children who live absent their biological fathers are on average at least two to three times more likely to poor, to be poor, to use drugs, to experience educational health, emotional and behavioral problems, to be victims of child abuse and to engage in criminal behavior than their peers live with their married biological or adoptive parents. Um, Howard, I mean, again, the statistics are showing are showing this, right? How do you how do you manage this when it when it says and I'm just giving you a few more things, right? Fathers who live with their children are more likely to have a close, enduring relationship with their children than those who do not. So this isn't a knock on the fact that you as a father might have divorced um, the biological mother or you guys were never married but the children are living in single parent homes. How can yeah. you make sure that you still are a factor in making sure that your child, your son, your daughter doesn't fall into this statistical category? Well, you know, I think it just has to be a personal commitment. It has to be a personal commitment from that standpoint. I heard it best. Uh, Dr. Dennis Kimball said it one time, heard him speak and he said he was more fearful of, um, uh, of going home to his dad and had to sit across the table that was <laughs> kept him from doing stuff and you know a lot of times uh yeah i think back uh, probably sometimes i was the same way <laughs> and uh you know so you know th that that's number one but number two is just that whole conversation around it um on an ongoing basis that whole conversation around it uh on a daily basis uh, the small things uh I think there are the key things because sometimes, uh, you know, as you know, and, uh, you know, Major's still young uh, and everything you say is gospel. But as they started, kids started to hit teenage years, uh, you know, parents will always um, 
tell the truth, tell the kids the truth, but it's not the gospel until someone else or life shows them. And uh, that's a good point. But you, your responsibility as a parent, as a dad, is to teach them and put them in the right positions. You know, good and point. that's what you have to do. And um, you know, that is what we. You know, I mean, that's what I try to do. I can't. You know, I made a lot of mistakes, and it wasn't because my parents didn't do what they were supposed to do. I didn't do what I was supposed to do, but I had to learn through that. Uh, oftentimes, they may could have stopped it, but they had to let me learn it. And, you know, fortunately, it didn't cause me any, you know, bodily harm or something that I couldn't come out of um, eventually. So with that, you know, I think that, you know, we have to have that discernment and sometimes that restraint to allow that to happen. No, I completely agree. Um... You know, like my parents used to say, a hard head makes for a soft behind, right? Um, <laughs> my parents, and, and this is just me, just me, but my parents believed in corporal punishment, right? Yeah. Um, I got those spankings. Um, I still remember my last spanking to this day. Now, I mean, it wasn't a spanking. It was more so, you know, I was, I think, y'all, and this is funny, but I have no, I, I, look, my transparency is your deliverance. All right. That's my new tagline. <laughs> my transparency is your deliverance. I think my last whooping, whooping, yes. In, in most time in the black community, we say whoopings, right? You, I got my last whooping at like, I think well, I was 17 and I was ditching school. And y'all, I'm just letting you know. Now, I love my wife, so baby, I'm just letting you know. Um, you know I love you. So this is before I met you. But I was ditching school with my girlfriend at the time. My dad just happened to come to the school to drop off something to me. I can't even remember what he was needing to drop off to me. And I wasn't there. So he was waiting <laughs> because Howard... One thing you didn't miss, and I was never going to miss, was basketball practice. So I'm coming in, you know, I come in about 2 o'clock. Well, see, 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 that was a key thing there, Marcus. You had, a, you had another dad sitting waiting for your basketball practice. Man, I had <laughs> Coach know. Holzman. And see, see, him and Coach Holzman, my dad was coached by Coach Holzman, you know, 30 years prior or 20 years prior. So yeah. Coach Holzman knew my dad knew me and so he was embarrassed right and he, I, I was wrong and so i mean he knuckled me up right i mean it, it was time that was my last that was my last one and i'll tell you to this day again respect my father um to the end of the world um my dad is the only man that if he said he was disappointed in me i would start crying right now. The world, the world, the world is ending because I have such great respect for him. So again, Howard, that didn't, that didn't come um, without him investing time in me. And again, this is the only man. And I'm just, you know, I, I say my dad, if, if he says he's disappointed in me and he's, and he hasn't, the last time I think he said it to me, I, I, he had a reason to be but if he said it now, even I'm 43, I have my own family. If my dad said, son, I'm disappointed in you, you know, and what you did. Dad, what do we got to do to fix it? You know, my mom, the same way, you know, my wife, the same way. These are the people I care about. But my point is, Howard, that wouldn't have came without that investment of time. And that's where my dad was a leader in my home. So. And, uh, and you're, you're absolutely right. So going back to the original question, you kind of tied up there a little bit is that it, um, you know, it takes that and um, you can't always change the situation between the parents. You can't always control that. So with that said is that, you know, you have to help the child understand it and, and work through it, whatever situation they're in. And, you know, once again, it's sometimes it's that pouring of additional um, voices and it has to be voices of common uh, values. Uh, for that to happen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Yvonne Johnson posted something actually inside of Real Dad, Real Leaders. Um, I'm just looking back um, uh, 
on June 14th, you know, as estimated approximately 90% of all males have never been told I love you. I'm proud of you by their fathers, just like what you said. And so it's that whole confirmation. I mean, that is a confirmation. And, and this was, uh, he posted in the group and I'm just you know, going in the group looking here. And so I think that once again, like you said, you would feel bad if your dad said you disappointed him. And it's because of that, that ultimate respect you have for him. Absolutely. I think that's staggering, Howard, right? Um, so Howard, I, 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 wanna, I, wanna, I wanna bring this up because this brings me back to something Eric Anderson, we talked about, Pastor Eric Anderson, we talked about a couple of months ago when I had him on my show and we were talking about the things that they wish a father um, had told them. Um, you know, these were men in our age that they wish, you know, their father told them. And you know what, what? this was one of them. But to hear the statistic, 90% of all males have never been told I love you by their own father. Here's the thing. I knew my father loved me. Now, he wasn't big on saying it. Like, you know, me, I tell Major I love him like eight times a day. I mean, he knows it. He, 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 and, you know, I'm like, hey, son, I love you. But I'll turn around with riding in the car. I mean, he's eating Cheerios. I'm like, hey, son, love you, buddy. You know, love you, dad. And, and so... My dad didn't say it, but I knew it unequivocally. I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that my dad loved me. And so I want to make sure we let those fathers off the hook that might not be as vocal as they need to be. I want you to stretch and say it. But if you have a father that's not vocal, but you know loves you, Tell him you love him anyway, because I think Eric, um, Pastor Anderson, he even said it, Howard. He said, you know, Marcus, I can tell my dad I love him right now. And it's and it's a little hard for him to just say it. it, it he'll be like, all right, son. You know, I can't remember how Eric phrased it, <laughs> but he'll be like, all right, son. Um, so but he knew his father loved him. So, um, you know, it, it's just it, it, that statistic is staggering. But I also want to make sure that we know that there are fathers out there that do um, they do love their they do love their sons. Yeah, it's um, you know it's a key thing, and it has to be part of uh, our ongoing conversation, um, both uh, showing it as well as and uh, you know just showing showing as well as uh, verbalizing it because right. uh, it has to be done you know multiple ways, multiple times. And it has to be an ongoing. And, uh, you know, Miranda, you know, Alan um, Chenault said, you know, it's heartbreaking. You know, it is, but it, but it's part of that whole, I think, removing the mold. You know, there was a mold and there was a mold of what a man was supposed to be tough. The exterior was uh, unbreakable. And it had to be shown that at all times. And, you know, um, we realized that that didn't necessarily serve us best. It did serve us well, but it may not have served us best. And, um, you know, my grandfather, I knew he loved me dearly. And, um, and it just, um, you know, I remember saying, you know, I'd never seen him cry. Uh, I saw him cry a little bit at my graduate college graduation and just to, you know, but, um, those experiences and those moments, when you think back to that relationship, you know, helped shape me to be the person I am today. And, um, so the blessing of having those individuals in your life the blessing of Major being able to go spend time with his grandparents uh, without you there. So your dad is passing things through to him. Yeah. Unfiltered. Absolutely. And, you know, he won't understand that for another maybe 20 years. And, uh, you know, that is the power, you know, of making sure that dads are there. Uh, Absolutely. The real men are there, uh, you know, for their for their sons and daughters. No, I completely agree. I mean, um, Howard, I want to touch on this, too. So you have the book Real Dads, Real Leaders. Mm -hmm. um, this is your fourth book. I know the audience is wondering now, OK, um, I can't leave them on a cliffhanger. Those other three books, what are they about? Because I'm sure if I know you, um, they're on leadership. So what are those other three books about? Just in case somebody does want to um, look at purchasing those as well. All right, so the first one is um, just around some of the mis missteps and mistakes I've made in my business. I
Oh, guys, wait a minute. My buddy Howard just, we just lost his connection for uh, some odd reason. Um, unsure why that happened. I'm sure he'll be dialing back in in just a second. Um, while we're, we're waiting for him to dial in, uh, dial back in, we can still talk about real dads, real fathers. Something I want to share with you um, is one, I look at what my father has been able to bring into our lives. Um, me, my brother, um, I'll say, you know, my other brother, he, he's, he's me and Leland's nephew, but he was raised like, um, our brother. Cause we, he was with us. Um, I think at starting at age two, Hey, what's going on, Howard? Glad you're back in. Um, you there, buddy? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, good. But I was just telling them, you know, a few things about our father. So, you know, some of the things that he also passed down to me, Howard, was my ability to be sensitive. And so here's here's the 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 juxtapositioning, the the harmony, the rhythm that my dad passed on to us. One, um, he didn't say I love you a lot. Now, he would say it, but it wasn't a lot. Me and I know Leland is the same way. I'm almost for certain probably Timmy's the same way, too. But me. I mean, Leland is always constantly telling his kids he loves them, right? I tell that to Major constantly. Um, but what my dad, I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt, my dad would cry um, in a heartbeat, right? I mean, if something touched him, if he if he was overcome with emotion, my dad would cry. So, you know, in some respects, I, I'm a complete 180. You know, I say I love you a lot. Um, to my kids, um, but one thing he did transfer over that I'm right spot on is I'll cry at the drop of a dime, right? I mean, I'm in a movie with my wife and I'm watching one of them Lifetime movies or something. I'm crying, okay? Um, <laughs> and, 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 and I like that, you know, I'm crying McKnight. I mean, at any point I see something, I see something on the news, I'm touched um, by it. I'm crying. And you know what? I'm okay with that because that's the new template of a real man. A real man is not afraid to show his emotion. Um, uh, you know, um, I used to do that to, you know, when I was going after my wife, when I was chasing her, you know, I would cry, you know, at certain movies just because I wanted to show her that I was, you know, I was a sensitive guy, but I was faking then. I was pulling them tears, Howard. And so she doesn't know that was part of all the plan. I was faking. I'm a good actor, Chris. I got you now. I'm just letting you know, Chris, if you're watching this, I was faking. All right. So I'm a good actor, but I still love you. But I had to get you. OK. Um, so look, this is my. So look, look at this, Howard, as we're touching and we got 10 more minutes, guys. We got 10 more minutes. Then Howard's got to prepare for his next broadcast. Here's my nephew, my brother, Tim. I just saw him. Wow, they might be back in Dallas, but here's what Tim said. Tim grew up with this, Howard. And I want mm -hmm. you to hear this. The vocal, I love you, from dad. He calls dad pops. You know, the grand, grandkids call him papa. He said, the vocal, I love you, from pops got me through depressing moments. Y'all, I want you to understand how, because wow. we're dealing with such a state of, um, uh, what's the word, this, this mental illness of depression. This is real, guys, right? So you as a father, if you're not saying I love you enough to your children, oh, Howard, the lighting is great. I want you to understand it's needed. You never know what your children are sometimes going through. But I will tell you, real men do cry. Real men, real fathers do it. And I'm just telling you, you got to make it happen, right? So here's the thing. Um, Howard, give us some more of those good Yeah, so real quick, and um, that you know, limited time. But um, top secrets, uh, you know, just practical steps of, uh, of working on your business and in your business. Uh, combination of both. Uh, you know, you hear the phrase "work on your business," but you still got to work in it uh, to get to the point where you can only work on it. Uh, and so that was one. And then two, uh, Southern Grace was born out of an idea where I 
interviewed uh, highly accomplished graduates of Southern University. Uh, and we talked about eight principles that embodied uh, the university and uh, similar concept to real dad, real leaders um, to where we've helped um, see through those leaders life. I mean, people like General Russell Honore to um, Aeneas Williams. Uh, so just some very high level people that people know, but then all the way to individuals that highly accomplished, but you you may never know them. They could walk up to you right now and you'd be like, who is this guy? Who is this lady? And so, you know, that was, um, and then 15K and uh, 45. So we literally took the, the process that we use uh, in helping our clients and, and put it in, into a book. And uh, so where people can begin to um, implement, you know, I like to say they can realize it first and then they can uh, live lies it. And go out and live lies it. Whoa, so, oh, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, Howard. Wait a minute, say that one again. That's that's another nugget. Say that one again. First, you got to realize it, you know, the idea, and then you got to go and live lies it. You got to implement it. You got to live lies it. So just creating words. Uh, new words are added every every year to the dictionary. So live lies is going to be one of those words to get get added. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, Wow. So, guys, I want you to understand something as well. Howard is great at creating these combinatorial words for your business that you're just like, that's it. And so, again, if you're looking for a business coach, and I'm just putting this out there because, again, um, I've been, we, we invest in Howard because of the value he brings to the ideas we're trying to bring to fruition and execute on. Realize it so you can live lies. Thank you, Taff. I was about to write it. Taff just said it. Realize it so you can live lies. Guys, this is what it's about. So again, just like Real Dads, Real Leaders, Howard's has some additional books that are always trying to push you towards the precipice of greatness. You got to live it, though. You got to execute on it. So, um, Let's let's take it uh let's take it a a, a, a little step deeper, Howard. What okay. are you gonna be? Um, are you doing some Facebook lives to talk about the book? What are you doing? Um, the you know the next few months, the, over the next course of the year, where well, people our vision is is the third um, current vision, current plan is the third um, Sunday of every uh, month uh, will be Real Dad, Real Leaders Day. And so we're going to be bringing on guests, um, you know, like one of the guests that um, one of the authors, Willie Jolly, you know, he talked about uh, speaking to your children, what you want them to be. And he shared that story. Um, uh, Dr. Dennis Frazier talked about, um, I'm sorry, not Dennis Frazier, Dr. Um, Frazier uh, talked about um, the importance of, um, you know, staying connected. He shared how his, you know, they were foster children, but still his dad was connected in their lives, their whole life. Uh, he would even pick them up on holidays from that time, from the foster homes. And so, and bring them together. He couldn't raise them day to day just because uh, their mother had passed away, but he really talked about that. And so, you know, just um, bringing individuals like that um, on it from time to time to uh, once a month to to really go through a subject, you know, take a couple hours if necessary, um, to where a man can ask them a question and, and um, you know, just share openly from that standpoint. So that's, um, you know, that's part of it. Uh, you know, we're available to speak around the topic uh, and how we tied into um, our other leadership training. You know, one of them is uh, discovering your signature leadership style. And so literally understanding what style of leader you are and how you can best implement that principle uh, in the environment you're in. So those are some things that we're looking to do, um, that not looking to do, things that we're gonna do, things that we're gonna live lies. So we realized the idea, now we begin to live lies it. And so Excellent. that's, you know, that's where we are with it. Excellent, excellent. No, this is this is some good stuff, guys. Um, I hope that you, I um, if you haven't enjoyed it, I, I I think you're lying, right? I, I think you're just, you're trying to be funny. This has really been some great, valuable content. Thank you, Howard, um, for giving us your time. This book, guys, um, yours truly is, is part, um, 
I guess you could say, could you say I'm a co-author, Howard? I'm, all right, You're a contributing I, author. You're a contributing author. I'm That's a contributing the official title. author to this book. Um, I talk about the relationship with my dad and how um, important um, it was to me. Hey, this is my Uncle Larry, um, Howard. He says, one thing we all have to remember is that it's never too late to tell our children that we love them. I realized that late in my daughter's life, but I tell her that all the time now. You know, again, hey man, I, love, I love that profile picture, you, Uncle Larry. <laughs> you know, and, and, and if you, you don't know my Uncle Larry, he loves his daughter. Now, she might not have heard it till later on in life, but everybody across the world who knows my uncle knows that he loves uh, my cousin kid. With on with beyond a shadow of a doubt, would would give up his own life, and I can, I mean I can say that again like unequivocally. Um, no, I, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not embellishing. My uncle, if a surgeon said, you know what, and I think a lot of people think that you know that's all valiant. No, my uncle, he'd give up his life for his dog. He wouldn't even think about it. And I think most parents are like that. I think. Um, depending on what stage your, your child is at. If they're a teenager, you might not give up your life for them, you know, when they go <laughs> Well, you, you may think once. <laughs> you, may think about, you, know, you have to think about it. But um, it, it's true. So, you know, Howard, this has really been um, a really great show. I want to I wanna ask you this one last question, yeah. right? Your son, if you were on your deathbed. And we have to think about this, right? We don't know when that's happened. We're going to die. We're all going to die one day. But if you were on your deathbed, what would be the most pivotal thing, the most important thing that you would want to leave with your son? What would be that one thing? Yeah, I don't know if it's one thing. You know, I just wanted to, um, I, I want to leave the piece of that. I was there for him before he needed it. And you know that's hard to see. Uh, just recently, uh, you know, I lost an uncle who's you know was like a one of my life dads, I call it, and you know the stories. And so you know you're at the funeral and you're hearing these things that people from all walks of life, what they're sharing about him, and, and that's what he wanted his legacy to be. And you know, and and but he lived it and he made it happen. Uh, you know that was the key thing, and, and and that's all I you know want. I mean, to me, that is it. Wow. I've never heard that before, Howard. And I ask that question a lot of um, fathers. Um, well, you, you know, you think about it, Marcus, uh, you know, you do things and, you know, there are things that your dad did for you and made things easier for you that he never told you about. And you wonder why this relationship happened. You know, mentors do the same. And you wonder why this happened or you met this person or when you went in, you were received so well. One, it was because of his name. One, it was because of his relationship. Two, you know, he, he may have already begged for you. Uh, you know, he may have gotten down to that. Hey, I got to have this one for him, okay? Um, and so it was yours to mess up versus, um, you know, yours to, to, to go and get. And, you know, and that's what you do. Wow. Um, I, I love the way you stated that, um, that I was there for you before you needed it. And I and, and again, definitely before you knew it, um, that's huge. You know, yeah, you I don't have to, they don't have to know, you know, it because you're doing it uh, for an unselfish reason. So you, you don't need to know. You know, there are times when you, you know, you think about the relationship, you do the things and, you know, if they don't know that you did it, that's fine. That's right. That's right. Because it's unselfish. You're doing it um, for them. I love it. Howard, this is good stuff, guys. I, I want you to understand this. Um, Hey, Edward Womack, thank you, man. Miranda, you have been amazing today um, in terms of your activity. You know, my dad, my uncle, my my brother, Tim, everybody. And if I went through it to Rhea, you know, of course, my wife, my my uh, man, that's my girl. She does. She, she believes in me. Um, I don't even have to ask. I know my wife <laughs> believes in me. Um, so this is this has just been a great day, Edward. Thank you for uh, saying that, man. Happy Father's Day to all you kings out there. Um, if you have not, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Howard. I was just saying, uh, shout out to Ed Womack, Mr. Detroit himself. 
Hey, man, thank you for joining, Edward, man. We're about to jump on this new, this other broadcast. Howard, hey, y'all, this conversation is going to be continued in about another 30 minutes. So, Howard, um, can you tell everybody if they want to hear some more of this, where do they need to go to get on your your live broadcast? And, Taria, maybe you can post that uh, so everybody can see yeah, it. Yeah, so today's uh, we're, we'll be streaming it from our personal page, actually. I know Terrell doesn't like that, and I'm smiling as she says, as I say that. Uh, <laughs> but um, it also will be inside of a Have Your Best Week Ever group. It's a group we have uh, on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, we share every week um, something to help you have your best week. And so I thought this would be a great conversation. Um, I'll be interviewing Marcus, so I'll be flipping the strip, so to speak. Um, uh, I'll be in the big chair, as Tom Joyner would say, and um, but we'll be doing that and uh, you know spend um, 45 minutes to an hour together uh, around that, and we'll be talking about uh, real dads and saluting uh, the dads uh, in our lives as we move forward through this um, uh, through that call. So hey, you can jump over on Facebook if you're not part of either one of those groups. Shame on you, uh, but <laughs> you do not have to live in shame. Just click over, go to Real Dad, Real Leaders, uh, Facebook, as well as uh, Have Your Best Week Ever. And so those are the um, two places that it definitely will be at. Absolutely. Thank you, Howard. Guys, another blended family playbook done and delivered. Please continue to share this broadcast. This is great information. People need to hear it. If you remember, sharing is caring. So share often, um, share this broadcast um, again and again, because again, people need to hear this. So share with your friends, share with your community. Howard, thank you again. This has been amazing. To all you viewers, all you who commented, thank you so much. It is appreciated. It's It, it means a lot because you're taking time out of your Sunday. Um, to listen yeah, to a guy from Albuquerque. And this other guy from Louisiana. Howard, you're from Louisiana originally, right? No, from a small town, Mississippi, Prentice, Mississippi. Woo! All right, Mississippi. But he lives in Louisiana now, the, I think the greatest state. Look, it should be its own country because the food is so good. So um, thank you again. Hey, Taria, thank you. She just posted that, guys. If you want to watch this live broadcast again, or I should say this broadcast you can always look at, um, but if you want to get on Howard's broadcast at 8 p.m. Central, 9 uh, Eastern, you're going to go to his Facebook group, Have Your Best Week Ever. Okay. Thanks again, Howard. I'm going to let you go so you can get ready. And y'all, if you want to hear more of this, and I'd start, I, I'm dropping nuggets next time. I'm yes. dropping them, Howard. I'm taking some of the ones that I've taken from you, I'm dropping them on your show. It's going to be some really good transparencies. Transparent stuff. Remember, guys, my new tagline. I got some new branding coming out. My transparency, your deliverance. All right. So join us at 8 p.m. Talk to you later, Howard. Thank you so much. Tell your wife, thank you for giving me some of your time. All right. All right, man. Thanks all right. Y'all have a good Talk to you a little bit. All next week. We got some, another special guest coming next Sunday. It's going to be amazing. She's from Canada and she brings it all the time. You're going to see the digital graphics coming here soon. Got a great, great person coming. So talk to y'all soon. Howard, thank you. See you in about 20 minutes. All right.